Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think I got it. Oh, I ain't want to be polite. <laughs> you want to be polite in the society. Just about when you're about to stand up and show what's what. About to get in there. Yeah. Uh, moving around, man. Like, I hit the road at... Oh, that's yours. I thought that was mine. Hit the road at... You want some more? No. No, I was going to clean this honey mustard. I was saying if it had a napkin in it. Oh. If there's not, I can just it shoot the bag, not. though. Hit the road at 3.30. 5 o'clock it starts. Show starts at 7. And, dude, it's like midnight. That's what yeah. it feels like. Yeah. That's how it feels right now to me. Stupid. Feels like it's midnight. Still haven't adjusted, and supposedly this is the last time that we're going to do this thing we call time change. That's what they said last year, too, though. I don't buy it. That's what I keep. They, it seems like they say it every year. This is the last year. Yeah, this, For sure, this, last this year they said it. it. This is going to be it. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and we are at Relentless MMA in Columbus. I have Jake Reeves here with me. It's been a while since we sat down and uh, just caught up talk shop. Heck, yeah, man. He's nice enough to have me uh, frequent frequent in his show as a co-host and uh i like to return the favor and uh we'll just get a feel to where he's not hosting he can just relax for a minute yeah it's a totally different feel when you get to just come in and talk how you want to talk and you don't have to like i don't feel like i need to like i'm not in charge of the whole show like i'm not in charge of like all the dead spots and as the host you feel like i've got i'm responsible I'm sure you feel this way too. I'm, I'm responsible for the content of the entire episode, mm-hmm. and so if there's like a dead spot or a, or a bad section, I take it a little more personally. But if I have a bad dead section on your show, it's like nah, that's poor stuff. My problem, yeah. <laughs> right? But that actually loosens me up. It sounds bad, but it loosens me up. So I think that there's less, there's actually less dead time. You mm-hmm. know, when you're able to loosen up and just talk. Yeah, different, different Jake here than. Old man up, yeah, yeah. and uh, every time I've done this show, it, like the last couple times, the vibe that I give on here is you're just, a lot, it's a little different. Way more relaxed, dude. Yeah, your shoulders are rested. Yeah, and I'm not on camera too. Taking it back, but not being on camera right now is a big help because I can just like let my belly hang out, just slump down in the chair and just bad uh, posture. Yeah, like who cares? I don't have anybody seeing this, so yeah. yeah. That yeah. lend, that lends itself like a lot of the uh, a lot of the people that have come on, man. They're so peculiar. Even being musicians, being in front of people all the time, it's different. Is it, is it audio? Is it video? Oh, I'll leave it up to you. I can do some video. Well, let's just do audio. Yeah. 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 I, I don't give it. I don't leave it up to anybody. I just do it all video. But I can see that. Like if I if I can just do audio and just have a face for radio for this moment you know mm-hmm. so it just being audio helps um i don't know i just it definitely loosens the vibe up for vibe up for me and i'm willing to kind of say whatever i want to say and just kind of just kind of shoot the shit with you and 
Uh, this was always a good time, man. I remember this was the – I said I think I say it every time I'm on this show. This is the first podcast I think I ever did. Mm-hmm. I'd been on the radio before a couple times. But, oh, yeah, it's going to be an ASMR episode, huh? Mm-hmm. I, I know they heard that. They got that crunch, Digging bro. into that, that Jack's Chicken, baby. That Jack's Chicken. This episode is brought to you in part by Jack's Only drive through that wasn't packed out, baby. I don't give a damn about a red dot burger. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it up here. So, for those of y'all at home that may not know, there was an incident here a few years back where a girl got caught putting her period blood on a hamburger and then sending that burger out because she didn't like the customer. Mm-hmm. So it took Jack's business, took a bit of a hit. But I'll be honest, man. Like also, I, did you know that that Jack's was the first Jack's in Mississippi? Really? No, I didn't know that. And so I didn't know that. as a marketing standpoint, that was, in fact, quite a hit. Really? Mm-hmm. Now they've recovered. They got one in. Starbucks. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. From yeah, quite a hit in that way. I thought you meant as in quite a hit. I thought you meant like it went over really well. And I was like, I can't imagine somebody putting a period no, blood a, in your burger. A hit in the well. hit in the worst way. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I hundred percent believe that. Hundred percent. And the other thing about that was, um, it was a new restaurant, had not been around long, and had quite a bit of steam at the moment. And then that happened, and I'll be honest with you, I ain't seen since then. I've not seen more than two or three cars in the drive through at any given time. Mm-mm. At any given time, I mean, it just has not gone well since then. It seems to have, but you know what? I ate there the next day, two days. That what, was probably what the are, safest what are the, kitchen. What are the odds? It's the safest kitchen on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's the only kitchen. I'm a hundred percent sure that's not happening. There was a there was someone from corporate watching everyone make. Every sandwich. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. There was someone there watching. I knew. my. I was about to get the best sandwich ever. And you know what? I did. I got a really good sandwich. Super high quality. The freshest ingredients. It uh, actually looked like something that would be on the commercial for once. It, yeah. It honestly did. <laughs> Sincerely, it did. For real, it looked like the hamburger from the commercial. It was amazing. It was warm in the center. It was, it was you know, just toasty enough on the outside. The, the meat was done you know, pretty close to perfection. Ooh. This episode sponsored by Jacks, guys. It's it's. Uh, I mean, yes, in general. Like <laughs> when we're talking about food junkies, I'm a sucker for it, dude. Late at night, before I go to bed, I'll be like watching these chefs who are like, okay, we're, we're traveling the country and we're gonna see who has the best fried chicken sandwich. Can't do it. And you know, like some of their critiques is like some of like things that I pay attention now, like when they're talking about like old grease. Yeah. With the fries or with the chicken that they fried it in, and I was like. Man, because I mean the the older I get, like the more in the cooking I get, and like just hearing that kind of thing is like that'll be a mistake I won't ever make yeah. personally. Yeah. So like cooking a burger, cooking burgers, or even like when I'm frying something, like when it comes down to the grease and even their method and like how they'll leave the skin on with the chicken. Obviously, something. I mean, the Colonel taught us that thirteen spices. We know what those spices are now, but yeah, I mean just the whole approach. Where are they? What are the 13 spices? Oh, paprika, salt, pepper. There's three. (laughs) You you know, you you said we know them. I'm like, bro, do you know them? Do you know them? I I name out three. (laughs) Oh, we got a little cayenne in there. That's four, four. I guess. I have no idea. You could literally just name 12 things. I I would just Starfish. Yeah, okay. uh, Pikachu. Yep, there's a a little bit of Pikachu. Uh, Luffy. uh, Those Goku in there. You say roofies? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the Bill Cosby special. Mm-hmm. That uh, that's the number one. If you was know. that what he was using? 
<laughs> is that what Bill Cosby was using? Absolutely, absolutely he was. Was it? Absolutely. I know he was using something. I didn't know if he was roofing or not. <laughs> right now, let me tell you, well, you take a little sip of this and you'll like me a whole lot better. You Isn't that crazy? 54 women. 54 is what they say. At that point. That we know about. All right. at, at that point, when you get to that number, like, I am not saying that you should roofie and drug girls, but when you get to that have account before someone says something, it's pretty fucking remarkable. That's that's a hot take. I don't know if that I don't know if remar- Alan, I don't know if remarkable is how I would describe <laughs> that. I mean like, how do you how do you uh, do this that? is your show. How do you do that fifty four times over though? Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just the ones that have came forward too, so it's probably higher than that. Yeah. It's probably more in the 100, 120. And this is the guy that thousand. we grew up on, and that was like good family you, television. You know what? Though? I honestly don't think he. I, I don't think he thought he was doing anything wrong. I don't either. I don't. I don't think he. I don't think it ever even occurred to him that he was raping probably anybody. Like, probably doing it again. His dad probably. That's probably something his dad taught him as at a young age. Like that. That's that's a lot of time. That's the way that that was done. Like it was. It wasn't even taught. That's the point I was trying to get into on the Lauren episode on Man Up. Like. Like, there was a time that was kind of commonplace. Like, just feed girls drinks until they'll sleep with you. Or, um, you know, slip her a little something when she ain't looking. Or yeah, That was that. Like, I, I feel like I didn't start hearing about that being a bad thing till I was a teenager. Or even in my 20s when I started. And, and now I thought it was a bad thing. I viewed it, in, like, from my personal standpoint. But from society standpoint, you didn't hear about it. It was just kind of like brushed under the rug. So you know in the 70s and 80s, it probably was like, yeah, it's right. But to them, it was like commonplace. And you'll be surprised when something's commonplace, what you'll do. There's this cat right now. I think his name is Josh Giddy. He plays for the Thunder NBA team uh-huh. in Oklahoma City. And uh, he's 21. And it blew up like a week or two ago that he had been sleeping with a 16-year-old chick. Now, I don't know about your high school experience, but that was the total norm when I was in high school yeah. in the early 2000s. Yeah, I've been all the time. That all the juniors and seniors, especially if they were good-looking women, yeah. they had, like, this guy who was in college who was a pill pusher. Yeah. And that's who she was with. And even, like, when you think about Days and Confused, Matthew McConaughey's character, mm-hmm. he was a bit of that creeper. That was preying on the high school girls. And then even, like, when you took it up to college, well, college boys ain't got no money. Who are these college girls uh, going out with? Yeah, they might go to the frat party because it's fun, but they're going to be partying and going out on the weekends with this 30- or 40-year-old guy who's got the boat. boat. He's got the nice car. He can take her to the show. Yeah. And I was right. like, this this is never like Especially with their junior or senior year of college. Yeah. You know, they're they're not usually not a lot of times they're not dating college guys. That's a fact. That's a fact. You know, they're dating guys in their you know, in their forties or their thirties. A lot of times they're late twenties and thirties, guys with money, depending on who you're talking about. But they, they definitely date older, it seems. And so I'm not exonerating the Josh no. Giddy, but I'm just saying it's like yeah, like we live in a world where everything is on social media, and it was found out because of her Snapchat, supposedly. Yeah. Because she, I just effed so and so. Oh wow! Just put it out there for the world. Yeah. Oh. And so it's going okay. through the legal courts now. But what's crazy is Ouch. her her family is not willing to do this. They're not willing to what? To go to court and to okay. like tell the story. And it's like, 
they're just like, well, not want to press any kind of charges or anything. Right. Okay. And she is 16. In a lot of states, that is a legal age of consent. In the state of Mississippi, it is. In the, in, the, in the state of Mississippi, I don't think there's actually anything illegal about a 16-year-old girl and a 20-year-old guy. Um, 21 might be the cutoff. There's, a, there's like a seven-year something. There's an age gap where it becomes – it can be a, an issue, I think. But uh, I think 16 and 21 might be – it's close. Fair play. It might be fair play. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. But 15 and 21, no, go no. directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200. dollars You're fucked. You know. Um, that being such a hard line, that it's you know, and, and it's not. I mean, because there, there is, it's not. You should not date 16 year old girls. If you're a, a 21 year old dude and you're still trying to date 16 year old girls, especially date 16 year old girls, like sleep with 16 year old girls, like. You you must not be offering the world very much yet. You must not have a lot to offer a woman your own age, so you have to. Or maybe you're just sleeping with everybody you can. That's common. A lot of these guys are just sleeping with everybody that'll sleep with them. Like there's also the possibility that you're a creep or a weirdo. Yeah, but most of the time, creeps are. Real, that's what I mean when I say you're not you're not offering. Yeah, you're not offering women your age value. You're you're finding the one that will, basically. Um, and then you got the other guys who they're doing the same thing. They're just finding the one that will, but it's a large number. And that's probably the case with him since he's a, what's he a, a he's an NBA star. Okay. Yeah. NBA star. He's probably, yeah. he's probably sleeping with like three figures of women. In and also year. like, this is not like uncommon mistake for NBA players to make. Like so many of these NBA players are in such financial peril. Like, uh, I think we covered it on Man Up. I don't remember the guy's name, but, like, his wife, episode, his wife of 10, 15 years was, like, she. he met her in France when she was, like, doing sex work. Really? They got married, and, well, he's never been good with his money. She saw that, so she started making her own money through OnlyFans. And he finds out about it, and she's, like, hops on social media on her Instagram Live, and is, like, can you believe this guy? He he just cannot absolutely believe that I'm trying to make my own money because he can't provide for me. And I was like, God dog, the and he be and he's over. He's in the background, like this don't add up. This don't make sense. She made that video in front of him mm-hmm. and put it on social media mm-hmm. live, bro, bro. There is absolutely no way. <laughs> no way that I'm going to sit there while my wife makes a video about me finding out about the OnlyFans she had kept secret from me and have her sit there and act like I'm a bum that can't provide for her and won't let her make her own money. I can promise you <laughs> that that would be a, a ended marriage. On Like, there's no way. Like, I would never sit there. And I, I mean, I would I would hate to split up my family over something like that, but if I found out you had an OnlyFans, okay, yeah. I'm already probably one foot out the door. Like, I'm done, okay? Then you have the audacity to try to embarrass me publicly to make a video live in front of my face, in front of my face, to embarrass me and call me a bum to the world. Now, on top of this, the... You shouldn't hit women, but... I think what she was aiming for worked because 
Her own house blew up. Not only that, but she used to be so and so's wife. Yeah. But he became so and so's husband. The inverse flipped. Yeah. She became more famous because of what she did to him. Yeah. Wrecked him in two ways. Hmm. I would think it would probably up his fame as well because I didn't know who he was before we had this conversation, and I still don't. Just like I still don't know who she is. Yeah. But I'm not like I'm not saying you should hit a woman. I would definitely not hit a woman. I would not hit her, but I would have to remove myself so I wouldn't in that in that moment. Like I would have to just like okay, I'm gonna go pack my bag. I'm gonna be I'll be back in a week. I'll be gone. I probably ain't coming back. (laughs) I don't think I'm coming back. Because it's not not only did you did you betray my trust, but like then you had the audacity to put me on blast to try to embarrass me. Because that's a conversation me and my wife had. And I don't do it to her either. One thing me and my wife do not do to each other is we do not embarrass each other. Like we don't speak up and try to embarrass each other in front of people. Like and me and my wife had that conversation. This is somewhere where I got to be honest with you. I don't, I don't vibe with Andrew Tate on a lot of things. But when he talks about like a woman should make her man look good, she should. If I'm out in public and you're trying to belittle me or embarrass me, I'm done. I'm not going to be in that relationship. I will not be in a relationship with a woman who tries to publicly humiliate me. And there are, I see so many women do this to their man. They do things either through the, their social media posts or the way they talk to him in front of his friends, mm-hmm. or the way that she talks about him to her friends, or whatever, but openly, and will try to embarrass him. We'll, we'll try to belittle him, emasculate him, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And if your woman is doing that to you, she does not respect you. Now, if she says little things in the privacy between her and her best friend, or her and her mom, or something. That doesn't necessarily mean that she shouldn't do it with her mom, for sure, in my opinion. I'm not a marriage counselor. What the hell do I know? But I don't feel like she should. We're just guys with opinions. Yeah, I'm just a dude with an opinion. But uh, if she's running around, like, in front of your face, trying to embarrass you, trying to belittle you, make social media content that is aimed at trying to embarrass you, uh, she does not respect you and she does not love you. She's with you because you're the best that she could get, but – she don't love you, bro. Like you need to, you need to just go on and move on with your life. And I, you know, I don't. I know we take a hard line on divorce, and uh, and I and I do think that marriage should be forever. But you know, like when you sometimes you just draw a bat on the card. You know, sometimes you just got real bad taste, and it's your fault. But yeah, be careful who you have kids with, man. Be careful who you marry, and and. Try to find out. And, you know, I've dated my wife for a long time. Me and my wife dated for like four and a half years before mm-hmm. we got married. Almost five years. And I, one of the reasons I, I waited so such a long time was, A, I was broke. I didn't have any money to get married. But, B, um, you know, you kind of you want to see how a person treats you in a lot of situations before you get married to them. Because the situation of y'all wanting to bang all the time and uh, being up each other up each other's butt and you know loving every the smell of each other's farts, that's whenever a lot of people get married and that's like the worst time to make that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, like you need to kind of see what it 
what is the law like how does the law of life fit into it and is this the kind of person how do they treat other people how do they treat kids and dogs and you know how do they look how do they want their house to run because if you don't know that kind of stuff like what their belief systems are you know and i think my wife she married a little rougher than she probably should have i don't i don't remember if i was like on man up or if it was on it wasn't on my show I was on a pot, and we were we were talking about like pets, and I I I, I told the guys like, if the girl that I'm interested in has a dog or a cat, and she refers to that animal as a son or daughter, I'm out. Yeah, it's a red flag. You know, I will say though, my wife had never done that until now. My wife just started doing that. And it's weird. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate everything about it. My, and it's got my daughter doing it too. Like they just love this cat, and she don't. She doesn't call it her kid, but she will be like, "It's your mama," when she comes and picks it up and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, "No, nope, it's not." You did not birth that. Thing. You didn't birth that thing. You got three things in this house. You did birth. To me, it's an insult to put them and that pet pad on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't see it that way. And I will say, I always felt that way, but you might not be able to wait long to find that one out, brother, because uh, she might not do it, and she might not do it for 20 years, and, it just and then might at come 40, out one she day. might come out, and that's, you know, as far as that. learning to live with it, yeah. you know? Yeah, it just kind of drives me crazy, man. It does, me too. It does, it's, me too. And, man, I, I've, I've lived. I've lived with dogs in the house. I've lived with dogs outside the house, and the dog outside, it had a pretty good life. Yeah. Uh, Depending on where you live. I think uh, any time to where you're not in the woods having to track and kill a rabbit, if you're a dog, is pretty good life compared to me coming out every day and dumping you some food and fresh water. Yeah. It's a better alternative. Yeah. Especially. Now, now I'm not saying, like, this is a free-range dog. I wasn't keeping it on a damn chain and Right. That's the difference. That's the difference. And that's the only way I'll keep my dog. I won't live anywhere that I can't have my dog out and, and kind of free roam, free roaming a little, you know, in Lowndes County, you got to be a little careful with it, but I want my dogs to be able to free roam some. Um, but, and I won't live somewhere. I can't do that. If I'm gonna have a dog, because I just, I, I'm not even putting a dog on a lead, on a lead, like a between two trees. No. And that'd be that dog's life. I'm, I ain't going to do it, but I also don't want a dog in the house. I don't either. I, I'm, and I've had do- little dogs in the house. I've, I, now, I had one dog that was in the house, a German Shepherd, when I was still single. And that dog was my – I loved that dog. And I kept him clean. I kept him real clean. He was very well-trained. And uh, I like a well-mannered dog. He was very well-mannered. You know, and like – Until I put him outside. And sometimes, like, when I go over to somebody's house and they'd be like, well, by the way, we have a dog. And I was like, Okay. If I go in there and, like, I, I walk in and, like, the dog comes up, sniffs, wags its tail, looks up, I give it a pet, oh, you raised it. Yeah. If I walk in and that dog is just jumping on me and being annoying and shit, yeah. I'm probably not coming back to your house. Yeah. Yeah, me either. Because that, that – I don't care if it's a I don't a like chihuahua. that shit. Yeah. I don't care if it's a chihuahua, bro. If your dog just yelps and barks at me constantly and is jumping on me and – and tr- under my feet, oh my god, I hate an animal under my feet. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably ain't coming back. But and those people are like, good, don't come back. 
Because mm-hmm. I love my dog more than I love you, and that's cool. Hey, man, that's exactly. Cool. We we have a common ground. We can still be cool if we see each other out. We can go out to eat together. That's fine. But you love that animal more than you love me, and that's fine. And I love me not getting tripped up and jumped on by your dog more than I love you. And that's common ground. You know? We both love things more than we love the other person. And we just move on. We just move on. That's it. That's okay. We're but in- I just I don't want your stinky little dog getting hair all over me. I don't. And you know what? I'm tired of being called a bad guy for that. I am too. Because I like dogs. That's the thing is I, I just, like dogs. I just don't like your dog. I just don't like your dog. I don't like your little shit yapping uh, uh, Pomeranian. Man, I don't give a dead gum nothing about no Pomeranian. I had a Pomeranian as a kid. I hated that dog then. I hate them dogs now. Them Those little, those little purse dogs that are mean and will bite you mm-hmm. and jump all over you. And nobody puts them down because their bites feel like a wasp thing, and you don't have to go to the doctor for them, bruh. Yeah. If I if your dog is biting people, get rid of that thing. Like if you if you raise a little rab, rabid, vicious Pomeranian that's just super mean to everybody and bites everybody, you messed up. But if you did the same with a pit bull, you know what you'd have to do? Put, Put it, it down. down. We don't need those genes to continue. Don't breed that thing. Don't let it have more kids. Get rid of it. Yep. Get rid of it. We don't need it. We don't need it. I'll be honest with you, man. I'm I'm pretty ignorant. So I'm gonna I'm gonna express this view too. Everybody's talking about save the tigers. I ain't trying to save no tigers, bro. I ain't either. I ain't trying to I'm trying to save zero tigers. One hundred percent of tigers should be in the zoo. A hundred percent. There should be no tigers outside the zoo. Yeah, they call them man eating tigers for a reason. Yeah, they, they're, they, they be eating men. They're monsters. They are. Nobody who lives close to tigers is worried about tigers. Everybody who lives in a country where there's tigers wants to get rid of 100% of the tigers. The fact that Bengal tigers are dying out is not a bad thing. Well, it'll, it's going to tip the, the ecosystem, and the ecosystem's been tipped a million times before, and it's always found balance again. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We can farm for our food. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Well, then it's going to kill the insects and this and this. And I don't care. I don't care. And here's the thing. Tigers are really top of the totem pole I don't of believe, apex cre- predators. I don't believe that. Like, when you when you go as far down with the, the way the ecosystem and the predatory system down in the insects, I'm not buying that. It goes the same way with climate change. I was having a conversation uh, before I came here to do this episode with a friend of mine, and I didn't bring it up, and he brought up climate change. And I was like, Okay. And he was like, they've been doing these studies on the ocean. And let's just say hypothetical, it's 10 degrees Celsius, but this year it measured at 11. And I was like, buddy, you don't think that's a good thing? And he's like, he looked devastated. How could that possibly be a good thing that the world is heating up? And I was like, more food. That, that creates more climate to where we can form and raise more food and more people can eat. How is that a bad thing? And he was like, well, you have energy. And I was like, yeah. That totally contradicts the whole plot of who this whole climate crisis goes after. You're attacking these big oil people. That's your whole ploy to get big oil out because we want to go electric. Look at whose pocket that you're feeding into with uh, windmill power or with power of the sun or with the solar energy. And I was like... Dude, with every statement that you make, I don't care if you're coming very scientific or whatever you're doing, follow the dollar. So, so let me let me let me uh, present you a, 
the same argument back to you the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, if propaganda is being circulated about climate change, would it not make sense that the people circulating that propaganda would be the people with the most money, which would be oil companies? Oil companies have a lot more resources to push propaganda. And if you're following the dollar, the that, dollar is in oil. That's very fair. So, and that's the reason why I don't trust anything in climate change. Is because I, if you're look, if you are following the dollar, the dollar points to the oil company, in my opinion. It does me too. So, so yeah. As a matter of fact, switching to electric would create new money, like Elon Musk. Because when you switch to a new system of doing something, that flows money into something new, and you have an opportunity for right. new people to make a lot of money. So is this where we're at? So uh, we're leaving the industrial revolution and stepping into a technological revolution. Yeah, we've been doing that. For yeah. years now, yeah. but like, do you think like this is the, the final birthing pains to where we're using all these maybe agendas or climate change, what all these different things to finally push – more technology on people and kind of force this way of life? I think that it's uh, a form of uh, population control. I think that uh, I think that the left, the, the, the right in, in many cases uh, does seem to be a little more pro big business. Than what I than what I would like it, but in terms of laws, not necessarily. More in recent right. years, especially since Donald Trump, and especially since Biden stepped in office, and I'm I'm well aware it could all be a facade. Yeah. But it, it seems like those on the right or Republican seem to be like more caring about freedom and liberty now. Some of them like neocons. And, and that is one of the that is one of the big that is another one of the big differences. But also, oh, like I see that people who are what I would call a disaffected liberal, who are they don't have a party to go to anymore, and they're mm-hmm. a little more open. Um, the uh, Andrew Cuomo, you familiar with him? Yeah, he was a, he was the governor of New York. His brother right. Chris Cuomo That's was right. he was an analyst or yeah, a yeah, yeah. journalist on CNN. He recently went on uh, Patrick Bet David's podcast, mm-hmm. and he said on that podcast that he was open to the idea about voting for Trump after he spent. Five years since 2015 to all of Donald Trump's presidency until he went off air, totally bashing Trump. But now he is saying that I don't feel safe in this country with all this illegal immigration. Uh, There are more people in the world, such as uh, Russia, Ukraine thing. You have the Israel-Palestine. You have more people being open about their hatred of other groups of people. He was like... Who in this world feels safe right now? And I think this is 100% falls at Biden's feet. And I, I and I'm not I'm not condemning or condoning. I just think is this Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, is he trying to go back to the middle? So, so when you say it all falls at Biden's feet, what do you mean? That's his words, not mine. But like, okay, just, okay, okay. Just because, and I think what he meant by that is like That's his words. How poor, yeah, his leadership has been mm-hmm. he can't finish a sentence yeah it's been terrible it has been terrible 100 percent. and i'm not a i'm not a diehard trump supporter i'm not either if i'm if i'm you know if i'm pulled between trump or biden i i, I just look at the facts I, I don't i don't 
I'm not I'm not an emotional Trump supporter. I'm not an emotional Trump hater. I, I see pros and cons of Trump. I see pros and cons of other candidates. Well, I think in the state of Mississippi, um, and you may or may not agree with me, but I'm going to be pulling the lever for the Libertarian Right, it's only both party. accounts. Yeah. Yeah, it's only both accounts. Because we're, we're, not, we're not a swing state. But, yeah, but, like, if we can get a high enough percentage, mm-hmm. we can get the Libertarian Party to where they can be on the debate stage. Are you not worried as someone who tends to lean more right? A lot of people on the right are worried that the Libertarian Party is going to pull more Republicans than it does Democrats, and um, you'll end up with a uh, uh, um, the guy who ran against Bill Clinton and George Bush in their election when Clinton won. I can't remember his name. Um, oh, I know you're talking Ross about. Ross Perot. Or H.W. would have right. won his second term. Right, but, but like, you had Ross Perot who went and ran as an independent and actually pulled, I think he pulled like, 20-something percent no, I don't. of the popular vote? Uh, I vote on principle, and most of my principles align up with the Libertarian Party. And so, like, if I pull that hammer for the ballot and— Yeah, but the, the worry is that if that happens, and, and oh, I am— Well, that, at that I'm point, I'm voting—I'm voting—if at that point, I'm voting for a lesser of two evils. And so, like, yeah. it would be just as well for me not to even go to the poll. So so the, the, the argument to that, though, is that— you were someone who might would have voted right, but instead you voted libertarian. That's going to be the majority of those libertarian po- voters. This is the re- Republican thought process, but it's also the li- the, li- the liberal. Well, I mean, look at how they're salivating too. over Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, and anyway, and when you pull now, all of a sudden, whereas you had Republicans getting fifty and. Democrats getting 50, then you'd have Democrats getting 50, Republicans getting 25, and Libertarians getting 25. So do Democrats win every race, basically. Mm-hmm. And and that's the that's the fear of people on the right. But the thing about it is that's also the fear of Libertarians on the left. That's why they don't vote Libertarian. They vote Democrat, Liber- Democrat is because um, they think that they're picking the lesser of the two evils. They are more social libertarian than a fiscal libertarian and they think that they're picking the lesser of the two evils and I, I don't uh, I don't freak out about that you know what like uh, on the grand scheme of things and check this and see what you think is when it comes down to big party issues such as abortion which yeah. I am not taking a stance on but as a whole uh, right-leaning people aim to protect life and protect the life of a fetus or a clump of cells or whatever you want to define what is in the womb mm. while people on the left will abort it. And so just by the way that carries itself out, people on the right, there will be more of them. And also I understand the fear of indoctrination in school mm. and to where like, don't send your girls or your boys to college. They'll come back and they'll hate you forever. Mm-hmm. I see all that, but raise them up right. And uh, I mean, we're seeing it in the polls now, like, we're a year away from our next election. And just like every election, this is the most important election of all time. Uh, people from the 18 to 24-year bracket support Donald Trump. Yeah, really. That's crazy. It is. And also, like, what's crazy about our generation, like, from the millennial perspective, from late 20s, like 28, 29, to early 40s, is I think this is the bigger, biggest generation of closet supporters because 
of the fear that you, you'll you get. could you could lose uh, social credit you could you could lose your job yeah i mean you, you there's a lot on the table that you could lose mm-hmm. if you come out as be like yeah I, I i think the policies that he as a populist movement i thought were great for this country but saying that publicly <laughs> good luck buddy yeah, you're going to get crucified. Yeah. You're going to get crucified by a lot of people because what makes Donald Trump even a valid to, to even be able to possibly win the election, what gave him that was his brashness. And it's also what seems to turn off so many people. And so yeah, the, the vote, whole- going for Donald Trump – is sort of like he, Donald Trump has a personality that you love him or you hate him. Mm-hmm. Like there, there really can be no in between. And it's somebody else who sort of has a personality sort of like that that not everybody's going to vibe with. People either like me or they don't. Not a lot of in between. And so I get that. I vibe with it and I like it. I like and, the fact he says what he wants to say. And doesn't that make you like lean in harder? It, it can. Um, at the same time, I, di- I do disagree with him on some principles. And. Um, it's at times there's been times I'm like, oh man, we really wish you'd shut up. You know, like that's kinda Yeah. Yeah, you know, like but but that's always gonna be what it's like with somebody who's gonna say whatever they want. Yeah. Somebody like me. Like my wife probably thinks that all the time. Like, oh my god, I wish she would just like stop. Yeah, dude. You know. So I, I get it. I, I, I don't agree with him on all of his principles. I don't agree. Uh, he's a little authoritarian. He didn't really overstep the bounds of the executive branch more than Bush or Obama did, though. Obama was historically the worst. Yeah. So. And I would also say the patriarchs with Bush may be the very... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Very worst. I would say, I would say so, yeah. I would say probably one of, the worst, I, one of the worst things ever passed. I, I think that the Obama administration killed comedy, especially when it comes to comedy films. Have you noticed, like, the greatest last comedy in my mind, Tropic Thunder, I don't know the timeline on all of them. Um, I don't, but they all. I don't know when Step Brothers and Tyler Knights came out as opposed to. It was to around Tyler. that period of time. Yeah. And it, it does. There was a, I've seen some movies that were good. Uh, 
I really like like the jackass formula. So like Bad Grandpa was hilarious to me. Oh yeah, um, I really love observational comedy. But that was also like independent. It wasn't like Warner. Yeah, Bro- it wasn't Warner Brothers or was there not a major Paramount with, or- with Bad Grandpa? There wasn't a major. Uh, no, it was it was uh, what's. Uh, What's her birdhouse? What's yeah, her big like thing? That. Yeah, I don't know. Cock and balls out. entertainment. I don't know. Jeff Tremaine's thing. Yeah, right. And so it's not a big production house, but yeah, like people like MTV and others are interested in it because they the value is there. Right. It's been found. Like when MTV Music Television uh, quit playing music, that was their formula. They were playing. You know this as well as I do. Mm. It was Jackass, Wild Boys, then Ridiculousness. What was uh? Ashen Kutcher's show, uh, Punk. Um, Punk, yeah. I mean, and then they had like all the reality TV shows with like Big Brother or. Right. All, I mean, cheap to make. Or, you know. The, who were the Guidos? Uh, uh, Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Yeah. I mean, you had all that. Bro, Jersey Shore's huge. I watched a couple episodes <laughs> of Jersey Shore. That's how big it got. Yeah. Like, I, like, I have never seen an episode of. What was the what was another one you said? Um, Big Brother. Big Brother was on CBS, I think. Yeah, you're right. But the one there was another one, big one. Uh, There's another big one on MTV. Punk? No, I liked Punk. I like p- prank shows. Ridiculousness? No, no, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was like Jersey Shore, but uh, oh shit, uh, it doesn't matter. Probably like uh, my teenage mom or whatever the fuck. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Don't go anywhere, guys. Don't hang out for a minute. Porch Fest 2024, April 12th, 13th, downtown Columbus, Munson Brothers. Put it on your calendar. Ha ha ha. The real world. The real, yep. The real, real world. world. That's what I was trying to think. It went about. on. Didn't that show, it went on for like 20, it was maybe on for 30 a long time. seasons. There's a guy here in the gym that almost got on it. Uh, I've had, I've not actually known a few people that have like applied and got pretty far in like the, the interview process, but never made it. It's on wild how many people I know like went on American Idol and like weren't. You know, didn't make the cut to be on TV. But I also know a few that did. Yeah, I've known a couple. That, I've known a, I've known a couple that didn't make the yeah. cut. Never, never by anybody that did. But usually they like Mississippi and Alabama just because of the accent. It yeah. does a whole lot for them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's, there's also just a lot of talent down talent. here. Talent. There's sure. a lot of talent down here. This is a this is a hub for music. It's been proven. You know, Memphis, Mississippi. You know, the Delta, New Orleans. This part of the South down here, mm-hmm. which is just produces a lot of music you know it's, it's kind of the one thing that that and football the south is it's good at those two things music music and sports absolutely you know I'm, um i'm taking but I'm, no that that i really loved i love observational comedy so i like over the top crazy comedy when i can see people reacting to impractical it. jokers I, I do. I, I don't. I'm not a diehard watcher of it, but that is the type of comedy I do like. When it that comes comedy. on, yeah, I like watching it in like a across. hotel room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or just like if little clips come across my phone. Yeah, like I was watching the one where he had to get on the stage with the feminists and just just disagree with everything that they said, and it was so funny. Bananas. So funny, <coughs> where they're like, we just think that uh, you know women can do lots of things, and they're like now argue with that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, well, you know, there's me guy, guy, guy got jobs and there's girl jobs. And we're not saying that's not right. And they're like, actually, that is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, yeah, that kind of stuff is hilarious to me. Um, yeah. Punked was funny. I don't know if you remember the Jamie Kennedy experiment. I thought that that was funny. It was like punked before punked. 
Jamie Kennedy, that's the he's a musician too, right? I don't know. I've no idea. I just know him as I really just know him from. To be honest with you, I only know him from the Jamie Kennedy experience. Uh, experiment it must have been like a short run. It wasn't long. So uh, let me let me let me pull it up. I mean, like even while we're talking, it about wasn't comedy, on MTV though. Is uh, think about this is like uh, Dave Chappelle. He created the sketch show comedy show with Chappelle Show. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you had Lackluster. Key had his moments, Kim Peel. Kim Peel did have his moments now. Kim Peel had his moments. A Run. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. D Nine. Uh, the they, they had a couple. They had a couple really funny ones. They did. They they were a toned down version Chappelle show without Dave Chappelle though. Mm-hmm. Is what it what it felt. And like. then today, like on Netflix, you have Tim Robinson. I think you should leave. And so Tim Robinson, he's got some moments. He he has moments, but he also used to be a writer on SNL. And so what he shared was like, I think you should leave. These were sketches that SNL did not didn't want to do. Didn't want to do. Now, are they all hitters? Absolutely no. not. No, but but some of them go really hard. Yeah, the the, the dude on the zip line. <laughs> oh my that god, that was great. That was great. Uh, it they're weird though. The way he does them. They're weird. So dry, awkward. They're, they're they're very dry and awkward, and they're a little. They just they're very weird. Mm-hmm. My wife does not vibe with them, but I I like them. But I can't. One of my favorite ones is like when he's got the doggy door and like the pig thing comes through. Yeah. He's like, what the? F- <laughs> what is that? <laughs> like he had like PTSD. And the old, and the old guy outside was like, it's a pig. <laughs> what did the pig have on the have on it as like a mask? Yeah. Or something. Like a presidential mask. Because in the beginning of the story, you think it's like a like a goblin or something yeah. that's coming to his house. Turned out to be a pig in a mask, and he had just tremendous PTA yeah. PTSD from it. Um, <laughs> PTA Parent Teacher Association. He had a tremendous same Parent Teacher Association. Yeah, reaction. That's what PTAs think about yeah. when they have drag people reading books to their children. I like. See, I like drag people reading books to my children. Is that right? That's my. That's my favorite. That is one thing I enjoy. Um, I just like to expose my kids to the weirdest shit possible. Um, I just think it's healthy for kids to really have the, all the strong, burning questions in their head to just throw up like a lot of uh, uncertainty that nobody knows anything about these things, and uh, you know, just 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 really expose them to. To the to the nitty gritty dirt like like I will let a dra- someone in drag read to my children then we'll leave there and we'll go to like a crack house and just watch somebody overdose in the bed you know not right. I'm not saying those two things are the same I'm just saying that's the way that I that's the way I raise my children just we just kind of live mm-hmm. we like to really bring really adult conversations and heavy kind of kind of uh, things to the forefront at an age before they can really have any kind of opinion understanding. or understanding of what those things are. Let's go ahead and get them ready. Right, because life's tough, and you're never going to have all the questions answered. So let's just let's just let you know that we don't have anything figured out, you know, and, and, and life's kind of meaningless. Yeah. And so and – There is no and, gender. There is no – you know, why not? Why it, not? And with it's life, funny. with it's life funny. being meaningless, like why live your life? I've chased, uh, pursuing truth and bringing excellence, and creating a legacy. Why? Why do any of that? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would. Uh, 
Just yeah, let your probably what I do is start a TikTok fly. channel. Probably start a TikTok channel and do little dances. Mm-hmm. That's probably what I do. That's probably probably the next move for me. Dancing mm-hmm. on my next TikTok leads me to my next question. Uh, we're in the month of December. Uh, I think this was probably 2023 was probably the greatest year for your show. Thank you, man. Man up. Appreciate that. Seen a lot of growth. Yeah. It really started taking off end of 2022 is when it, it, so we were sort of starting to catch momentum. I remember it was around this time last year because I remember I wanted to hit 100,000 by the end of the year and that didn't happen on YouTube. Yeah. Um, we're closing in on, on TikTok and a couple of other channels. But yeah, it's been a good year. Um, it's been great having you a part of it. It's been a, it's definitely been an experience. And I'll be honest with you, it is, it's harder, uh, to keep going than what people give it credit for, you know, and that's not something I necessarily want to talk about on my show, but, uh, so if you're one of my listeners and a lot of them are, Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to, I'll kind of bear, you know, one of the things about creating content that, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people ask is like, uh, when you're not around is like, why did they quit the vlog? Yeah. Now I've been asked that a lot too. And, um, and the reason you, know, you can get into it, but like just to foreshadow that just for a second, it's like, well, I didn't. The value, like, it didn't look like people were enjoying it. Right, and then it, it looked like out, the podcast was where everybody was. Yeah. And I always wanted to bring the vlog back because that was at, honestly that was my passion project more than the podcast was at, late, at, later on. Like I really put more effort into the vlog. Um, but again, that just didn't seem to be what was bringing my my people, and I I wanted to keep doing it, but it, it's it's difficult, honestly, because you got to have somebody with a camera pretty much all the time. You got to be planning what you're doing. You gotta you gotta know you you got to be going and doing something all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, having that planned out, which I'm not real good at, and um, just the podcast, even man. I mean, when you when, when you start growing, that comes with pain, and you know, getting. I've, I've been reading negative things about me online for a long time, but it still gets to you. You know, you still you you re- read enough negative comments and you read enough haters and this and that, and you're like, it, it kind of you get to where I, I got to where I really kind of don't even log into any of the accounts, even though ninety nine point nine percent of it's positive. Um, it's always that one. And then the grind, it takes away from your family. Like tonight, you know, my, my kids and wife went to a, you know, Christmas hayride thing. And, you know, I, I had to create content. And there's there's just always that one. There's always that one thing you'd rather be doing. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. I remember I was talking about this to the, with the fighters. When I was a fighter, all my friends were partying during the week. I'd, I'd still go out with them on Friday and Saturday night, at least on Saturday. And we'd hang out on Sunday. But they were partying Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday. They were drinking every night. They were, and I wasn't. I was in the gym. And when you're trying to do something, you're gonna miss out on things. You're gonna you're gonna miss birthdays. You're gonna you know of somebody. You're gonna miss parties. You're gonna miss. And when I was a fighter, I'd get off work. I had to go to the gym every night. I had a fight coming up. You know, I can't I can't take a night off from training to come hang out. Not from and hang out this weekend too. You know, I've got I've got a I've got a fight coming up. So I got to train every day, twice a day. And now that I'm doing this, it's like I'm trying to do something. Like, I, I can't just take off because I'd rather be at home 
throwing the football or be you know go to go to this or go to that. Now I don't miss big moments, but yeah. you know like, you didn't miss Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm not gonna miss Thanksgiving. I'm not gonna miss my daughter's play. I'm not gonna miss my son's football game. I'm not gonna miss those things. I, and that's something that was one of the things that you know. And obviously, I've had to go into work and work during important things in the past, and I've missed important things. And I've had to pay for missing important things. I think I may have told you about, you know, some of that in the past. Um, and I don't mind talking about it, but um, well, I'll tell I'll tell you the story. Um, several years ago, uh, I had to work. I was I went to the gym every night, and my sister and my nephew had a birthday party. Have I ever told you this? No. Uh, my Brandy. sister and my nephew had a big birthday party. Now, me and my sister didn't speak for many years. Uh, me and my sister just kind of felt our relationship just kind of we didn't nothing big happened between us kind of but her and my dad had a weird relationship and you know he she was my half sister uh so we had a different mom and she was quite a bit older than me and she didn't really get involved in my life till later like we weren't little together she was 14 years older than me and then um i didn't meet her for the first time until i was six and didn't really start getting close to her until later and um, anyway, she had a big birthday party. My parents went, my mom went, uh, you know, all the, everybody in my family went, but I had to work, you know, so me and my wife and our kids didn't go. Um, they had this big pool party. And then I was like, you know, there's always gonna be another party. I always, that's how I always viewed it. You know, but I got, I'm building this business. I gotta make, you know, gotta do this. Yeah. Um, so I didn't go. And then two weeks later, she drowned in her pool. And that was my last opportunity. Like, it was this big party, and Man. that was my last opportunity to, like, be there and experience that with her. You know, that was my, you know. I never heard that. Really? Yeah. And so uh, I made a rule from that moment that I don't miss I don't miss family events. I don't miss big occasions. I don't miss, you know, if we're having a big birthday party for having a big Thanksgiving, whatever it is, I'm going to be there. If my kids got a thing, a ball game, whatever, I don't, I don't miss those things. You know, if, you know, if I've made every game that year and I've got some huge something that can't wait, that's one thing. But I don't miss, I don't miss big things. Um, yeah, but I mean, also, like, with that, you built a crew. Like, over Thanksgiving, you let me and Tyler run right. the show. And that's why having the right people are – you gotta have the right people around you so that if you need to step away for a day, you can. Yeah. You know, if your wife gets sick and you can't work for a week, and that's the upside of owning your own business is you can then go in and building that crew is hard in a, in business for sure. It's been kind of easier here, but in business for sure. Um, and then Mo was part of that, which is what makes this run. Uh, you know, having somebody on the back mm-hmm. end that can take care of things. But, um, you, you know, it's just, it's hard to do that working for somebody else. And I know there was I've a time, there was a time when, uh, y'all had brought me on. It was probably this summer and, uh, I had some opportunities to travel doing porch talk or maybe playing shows of my own. And I missed like two or three weeks in a row. And I remember in the group chat, it was like, so is this, this going to be the norm or are you, are you on or are you off? And I remember, like, coming back that next Sunday and it being, like, it kind of, like, finalized. It was like, uh, 
putting my footprint in the concrete mm-hmm. to where like I was about to okay, I, I am a part of the show. Like I, yeah. I I am you know, I am a member of the Man Up crew. Right. And uh like these Sundays at four, like you know, with the exception of family emergencies or whatever else, is like that's marked off of my schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, one of the things was uh, I, I I did that a long time ago. Like, I, and that's one of the reasons why I I don't mind doing the live at four every time is I like having that like being able to put that marker on my calendar. That's why I couldn't do where like I do episodes just whenever and then upload them. Like, I need to the have structure. the structure of like we're here at this time and for this long we make content. Whatever happens, come rain or shine, we're here at this time on these days, and at this time we make content. Sunday at 4, from 4 to 7, every Sunday, sometimes a little later, but from 4 to 7 every Sunday, we're in here making content for three hours a week. Mm -hmm. That's just the rule. And uh, my wife knows it. My kids know it. Sunday morning, you know, we go to church, we get home, we eat lunch, we take a nap, whatever. I I get up from watching TV. The kids are like, okay, going to the podcast. They know. My wife knows. It's not a question. You know, and, and, you know, she's been supportive, too. My, I have a great wife in that regard. Um, she, I probably should say this on my show, but she doesn't listen to it anyway, unless I don't want her to. Uh, then she listens to the episodes I don't want her to. Yeah. But she is, she is, she knows me, and she knows how I am, and she does not stand in the way of the vision. Like, if I'm building, she respects my vision. Like, if I'm building something, even if she's not part of it. She caught it early, right? Do what? She took a chance on you when you were at your absolute worst. Yeah, I was 20. And, well, I wasn't quite at my worst right when we met. When we met, I was it doing those okay. bicycle days yet? I wasn't there yet. Uh, we met was before that. When we met, I was working, doing construction in my dad's real estate business. Okay. And uh, doing about, I was making about $400 a week. 40 hours, $10 an hour as a, as a contractor. Ten, you know, ten ninety nine. Um and I was doing okay at that time. And then I quit and opened my own business and flopped. And, yeah, she stuck with me and, and you know, kind of held me down and kept me kept me uh, focused. Kept me focused. And, and I never had to worry about going hungry. You know, if, like if she, – she, we didn't live together, but, um, like, on the weekends. I remember, I remember the day that I made the phone call. I've told you about this, I think. Mm-hmm. We were uh, – I went and looked at my bank account, and I'd been offered a job bouncing on the weekends, and I turned it down because, you know, I hung out with her on the weekends. And Saturday night was our night, and I went and looked at my bank account, and I was $780 overdrawn and had no prospects of money for several weeks. And I called her. I was like, baby, I got to I gotta go to work. Like, I got I to gotta come up with some money, you know. And I was like, and I also, I'm going to have to start bouncing, and, I, we can't go out to eat anymore. We can't. I can't do anything for a while. And she was like, "Don't worry about it." And she she paid for our going out to eat and everything. So she took a she took a chance, but she has never questioned the vision. And she's older than I am by about seven years, and uh, she but she doesn't question the vision. She's very, um, it, really what you want in a wife if you're a visionary, entrepreneur type. Um, you know, she doesn't. She 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 kind of steps back and lets me be the man, and be the provider. And even if she's making good money, she she's okay with me 
following the vision and running the show. And and if I've got something that I'm doing and I'm like, look, this is what I'm doing, she's not going to fight me on that. Right on. So that's the – I be for me, that was – when I was looking for a spouse and we were talking about, like, what to look for in a spouse, for me, that was probably number one. When, I, when me and her were dating, probably one of the number one things – that were like, okay, this is this is who I want to marry was that quality that she let me, um, she let me follow my my dream because a lot of women won't do that, man. A lot of women well, want you to go take the safe job. Statistic, and statistically, the, look at like let's say uh, you went to Startville for school and you met your wife in Startville and she was from Brandon. You know where you would end up. Wherever she wanted to land, yeah, it's it's very rare that the wife follows her husband' pursuit. Mm-hmm. Like usually, the man will construct his life around where she wants to be. As of late, at least to me, yeah, you know. Or you may like. I know a lot of people who do like long term dating or what, whatever the fucking term is. Like where your miles fucking apart, and um, the dude always ends up. Or she is. Hmm. He always goes to her. Yeah. Wild to me. Maybe because he doesn't have a vision strong enough. And most people don't have a vision strong enough to go to do anything else. She wants to be near mom and dad. And um, he, I think, I think vision is important. And I think it needs to be vivid. And I think a lot of people live their life devoid of any kind of vision. And the thing about... Think about being a man in your house. You gotta have vision for your family. You gotta have vision, like you gotta sell your family on the vision. What do you do when you lose your way or when it gets cloudy? Mm, I don't know. I, I've you gotta claw yourself back in or find a new vision. Um, I'll be honest with you, that didn't happen to me till I made my vision happen, and then I was bored because when I lost my vision, I lost my way, uh-huh. and because my my whole thing was what I built here. This was my this was my thing, and I got here, and I realized that it wasn't quite it. It wasn't quite enough, and then I got lost. And my wife, me and my wife had that was the beginning of me and my wife having trouble too in our marriage. Um, so for me, you got to find a new vision, and you gotta you gotta get concrete on that vision. And at first, the new vision was the podcast, and my problem is when. And I've gotten better about this. When I find, a, when I've got a new vision, everything else falls to the wayside. I care about nothing else. Uh, I'm a war, I'm a workaholic. I I just want to do this one thing. And then I got into the real estate. Now the real estate and is now there's a there's a the vision encompasses more things now. I, I've sort of broadened my vision enough. You find yourself getting better at juggling. Uh, you, well, you got if you just keep juggling, you got to. You know, you know when you're running two businesses and you're doing a podcast and a YouTube channel and, you know, trying to do book guests for that and sponsors. And then you're trying to also manage your real estate company. You're trying to learn this new thing. I mean, you've plus your gym, you've got to, you've got to learn to juggle. You just, it's either learn to juggle or die. And I'm such a, I'm such a tunnel vision person. Like, like to me, nothing's more important than the than the destination. But the realization that I had when I when I got where I was trying to get, 
as sad as that is because that, that's such a small vision to me now. But when I didn't know the next move, I guess, of making my vision happen, uh, it, I, I lost, like it was almost like success was the opposite of happiness for me. Like I, I want, I want the struggle. I want the, I want the, I want to, I want, I need something to go after. I need a bone to chase. We need adversity. Yeah. I need, I need a bone to chase. And so when, when I felt like I got there and it was like, all right, well what now? Now I'm bored and I'm lazy and, um, I just, and I, it kind of makes, I think it makes me a little bit of an intense dude for some people to be around because I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to talk about the same shit that you don't care about, you know, all the time. I'm not trying to, you know, I might be sitting here and talking about something about jujitsu or something to somebody that doesn't train jujitsu and I might as well be speaking Greek or I just, uh, I get that tunnel vision and it makes, uh, it can make it can make your 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 life with your wife and your family it can put a strain on that and that's another thing that I again this is my wife is just she's always handled that well when mm-hmm. I've when I have uh, needed to focus on the business I've went to her and been like hey look for the next few months I got to be all in over here and that means sixteen hours a day you know you're not gonna see me I'm sending it and she'll be like okay. You know? Brother, I got three questions walking out the door. All right. Respect out of your time. Uh, plug the socials. What do you want people to know? Where can people find what you're up well, to? Check out the uh, Mississippi Superman uh, on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. That's our. Uh, that's where we're going to be posting clips of the Man Up podcast. The reason I have not changed the name from the Mississippi Superman to the Man Up podcast is because I plan on bringing the vlog, the vlog back. Amen. I, I plan on bringing. I plan on being a little bit more on that channel than just the Man Up podcast. I don't want to get. I don't want to get wrapped up in that just being the Man Up podcast. But that's that's the reason I have not changed the name yet. So the vlog is going to be making a comeback. As a matter of fact, it's going to be making a comeback soon. Um, people are asking. So so it's uh, it'll be back up um, within the year for sure. Uh, and then uh, check out the Man Up podcast, man. You know, I uh, everything's on that now. We, you know, that's that's the majority of all the content you're going to see on my Mississippi Superman. You know, the podcast is kind of where my it's kind of where I've I've settled in, and we've settled in. We've got a we've got a group of guys where we've we've built a platform. We're firing on all cylinders too. Yeah, it seems to be going well. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm astounded the fact that people have liked us this much. I'm humbled. Uh, you know, I just, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to be doing this, honestly, because like we, when we all started doing this, it's kind of, and, and again, well, I've said a lot of things on this podcast to make it seem like I'm in any way successful in podcasting or and I'm or by the numbers business. you are though. I, I mean, I, I guess I guess it depends on who you're comparing me to. You know, like if, compared to like a Joe Rogan or a, a Patrick Bet David or a you know a Jordan Peterson or somebody like that. I'm not, but uh, you know, I, for how where we we started, you know, in that back room back there where you know me and you started at, we've we've both come a long way, and this show's come a long way too. Mm-hmm. And I think they fed off of each other. And honestly, I think a lot of the success my show has had is as been picking up 
some of the listeners from like you and Lee Carl and and different people that have kind of that's one thing that I believe in right now as a network of yeah I need to be doing it a lot more I need to be doing more of this and I'm going to I just finding the time and it was just the right moment yeah tonight this really was just the perfect storm my wife and kids is gonna be another couple hours before they got home I didn't have anything to do my guys canceled on me yeah and it was just the perfect <laughs> storm of let's do well let's just do an episode real quick which I'm always down for man I'm always down to do this show because you know you got me started bro. This is this Dude, was like, doing your show was really the the catalyst that pushed me into podcasting. And also, like as many times as you've been on now, like it's never been the same. Like, we yeah. all, we always get off on like this is we're in the third hour of you and I sitting down at yeah. this table doing content, yeah. and it's all brand new. Yeah, every episode was different. We did three episodes, and all three episodes were totally different from each other. They had nothing in common. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> they they really didn't. I think on your show, I just it's it's weird. On your show, I wanted to I, I I talk more about me. Dude, you're also lean back and you're comfortable, and like on your show, you I mean your elbows on the table and you're ready to rock. Yeah, like you. Yeah, having the having the decreased pressure of not hosting and getting to just kind of sit back and be me and 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 you interview when you talk. You yeah. ask questions. You ask a lot of questions, which makes you a good host. And uh, I just go with it. Like, trying oh, to yeah. pick your brain. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy it. I, I always, I always just like answering questions. Honestly, yeah. like in jujitsu, and I know we're wrapping up, but in jujitsu, like I'll I'll stay after jujitsu for thirty minutes or an hour sometimes, just answering questions. And just you know, because I love to teach, I love to talk, I love answering what questions. Is, uh, what's one of the latest questions that you had asked that you weren't real sure about the answer to? I know um, somebody's got to burn you sometimes. Didn't have an answer to. Um, I've had people ask about positions that I don't play. Like, um, you know, there's a, there's a – like I don't play a lot of lapel stuff in jiu-jitsu. I don't I – don't, so it's not a really interesting answer here. Um, but when that happens, I don't have a problem telling people that – you don't know? I don't have – that's not my game. But normally I understand jiu-jitsu well enough – that if they'll give me a little narrow down the question a little bit, uh, I can usually I can usually figure it out. Um, I can usually reverse engineer a move if if it's a move I've never seen before, and they they give me the broad strokes of it. I can usually reverse engineer it well enough to kind of figure it out. But no, th- there's definitely times that I have to just be like, I- I'll be honest with you, I don't know. I just don't, and I and it does not hurt my ego to say that. I've it used to, but yeah, you want to know, king of the dojo, right? Yeah, but jujitsu so expansive that I had to becoming a black belt was understanding that I was it was a never ending journey. That's, that's what the black belt is. The black belt in jujitsu because it take, took me twelve years to get it, and getting my black belt in jujitsu was me understanding that to, I'll never master it. You ever feel like a Ronin now that you're a black belt? Well, I actually am a Ronin. Well, I, I'm technically under Alan Belcher, but he's not like a big jiu-jitsu yeah. affiliate. I think he's only given a couple black belts. And uh, I was, I, I'm like in the jiu-jitsu terminology, I am a Ronin, or I was a Ronin. I was, uh, so you have like strong affiliate schools, mm-hmm. and I've never had that. I, I just kind of traveled around and did my own thing and studied under a lot of people. 
and was under one person for a while and somebody else for a while. Like I moved coaches because there was nobody here. So it was like I was out of under a guy from Memphis, then I was under a guy from Jackson, then I was under a guy from Florida, then I was under a guy from Bluxy. So it kind of, I kind of just Peeled moved. Off. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that's the right way to do it, but it's kind of what I am. So in terms of if I were to say what type of just like I am a Ronin, that's that's sort of a samurai without a without a master, uh-huh. you know. And and Allen is that's kind of he's under Helios Naka, but he. That's kind of the way he runs it. Is like you're kind of on your own. Like, I mean, he didn't like leave me hanging or anything. But it's you know he, he I affiliated under him. He gave me my black belt, and he's been up here a few times. I've been down there a few times. But by the way, he's doing pretty pretty well in the bare knuckle oh, boxing heck, world. Heck yeah, bare knuckle MMA now. He beat uh, big country Roar Nelson yeah. in bare knuckle MMA. Keep your he's about to out. fight Junior Dos Santos for the bare knuckle hey. MMA championship heavyweight title. So the brand new sport being established and. Hop on board, you know. Yeah, it's fun to like, watch, if, you, man. if you've ever wondered how, how did someone become the obtainer of a belt and how does being a champion work, you could literally see it happen right in front of your eyes. Yeah. What a time to be alive. And watch a sport really evolve into something. Yeah. Because bare knuckles becoming a thing now. Yeah. And like, we'll have video games about it soon. Yeah, probably. And Alan Belcher be that guy with 99 overall. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you can already play on them in you on UFC yeah, uh, 2009 or some shit. Yes, yeah, so the, the the first two or three UFC games when before, when I think THQ had them. Yeah, was it THQ? He was on there. He he was on those. I balled with him. I was yeah. a huge fan. Like, I, probably because we both had the same name. But anyway, dude, last question. Walking out of the door. Um, 2024 is down the cusp of first quarter of. With your creative endeavors, where do you want to be by April? Ooh, that's a good question. You, you didn't prep me on this. Um, I don't have any – when you say creative, you mean like podcast and uh, YouTube blog channel? or – I mean, whatever. Um, so, I, by April um, – So, I know how to push you. The vlog – there's a good chance the vlog will be back by April. Um, I don't know that it's going to be a weekly vlog. It might be a monthly vlog. With the content, because the content that I'm creating is going to take a little bit more setup time than a week. Um, the, well, the first thing we're going to be showing is I can't talk about it. Never mind. I'm sorry. Fair enough. I, it's not quite time. It's not quite time. I have not. I have not announced this anywhere. The, just the vlog coming back. This is the first time I've announced it. Uh, it's coming back. That's all you need. It's, to know. it's been in the works now for me for uh, a couple months. I haven't talked to my editor yet about bringing it back but uh it is coming back and i have some fresh ideas that i think are going to be pretty dang cool but we'll see you know we'll see i think uh i i will tell you that the mississippi superman show the mana podcast that channel is uh it's on the come up it's, it's there's some new things that i'm that i'm that i'm working on and we got some really cool guests coming up on the show. There's a there's, there's a lot of stuff that I just can't quite talk about yet because I don't have locked in. But once I get them locked in, I'll even come back on the show and talk about them. If you Hard lesson to. I've learned is uh, never announce a guest because then they'll flake. Yeah. Don't announce guests. And another thing is I like before I announce things, um, I'll announce goals. But before I announce like things that I'm doing, I like to make sure that they're concrete. 
Like I'm, I don't like announcing things. Like because there's nothing like you announcing something and I've done this. Me announcing something. And then you looking like a straight ass. And then having a, having to cancel it or like that last MMA show I did. You know, I announced it, I had tickets printed. I had half the card done and scrapped it. So didn't have a headliner. Happens. And uh, kept having I kept having fights flake and back you know back out. Everything was seemed like it was coming against the show. I was like three, five, four or five weeks out, did not have enough people on the card, didn't have prospects of more people to put on the card, you know. I just, I, so I had, to, I, had to, I had to scrap it, and it can happen, but I'm going to wait to announce my stuff. All right, on. that's all you need to know right now. Subscribe to the Mississippi Superman Show and the Man Up Podcast on your favorite podcatchers or on the YouTube. Go watch us act a complete clown. It's great. Great times. It is. Nothing else to do here. Uh, Jake, final thought, anything you'd like to add before we go? I'm good, brother, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Love Sports Talk, baby. See you on the next one. We out of here.